This sermon is titled Identity and Intimacy in which we are reminded of the importance of embracing who we are in Christ and what we have become in Christ and living this out every day. Be enriched as you listen. In today's message we're going to look at um, some scripture which encourages us to not let go of the things that we have heard before. And today's message is titled Identity and Intimacy. It's based on all the wonderful things that we've been learning uh, in the past few Sundays about our identity, about who we are in Christ, and so on. Um, it is said that man has some basic questions, you know, irrespective of whatever background he is from, whatever worldview um, he or she is from, have some basic questions, or we can say that some basic needs. And some point in their lives, they, they ask these questions or grapple with these questions um, and with these needs. So uh, the first one is this, about origin and, and identity. You know, where did I come from? Who am I really? A question of origin and identity. Or it could be a question of purpose and meaning. Uh, questions like, why am I here? And what's the point of it all? Uh, uh, it could be a question of morality. What is right and what is wrong? Is there anything called, you know, right and wrong? And how should I live? And also, it could be a question of destiny. Where am I going from here? When all this comes to an end, or will it come to an end? Is there life after this? And where am I going? And I suppose we could add to that list. Uh, and the one thing that we could uh, add is uh, a question like, whose am I? Like, who do I belong to? A question of relationship and intimacy. Who do I belong to? Um, uh, and... Uh, a real need, you know, can I belong to a family? Can I belong to this group? And uh, can I belong to something? And so that I can show love and receive love. And I suppose we can go on adding to that list. Now, all these questions and all these needs are fully and satisfactorily answered and met by the Lord Jesus. In other words, in our relationship with the Lord Jesus, in Christ, all these questions are met. You know, if, you, if you've been following what we've been learning and what we uh, all these um, weeks, you know, a question like, where did I come from? Who am I? Or why am I here? Or what is the point of it all? What is right? What is wrong? All these questions are answered in Christ. And uh, we've been learning about identity, how we are new creations, and how we've been justified and sanctified a crucified, buried, raised, and seated with Christ, all very, very important uh, truths that need to be foundational uh, to our lives as believers. So, um, you know, the, the thing is, when we do a series, sometimes we are like, uh, okay, I've, I've learned that, I've heard that, and who we are in Christ, oh, we heard it a long time back, and uh, okay, what's the next one? You know, let us not have that kind of a, of a mindset. You know, this these truths that we are, uh, that we're looking at are really critical and really foundational for us to live a victorious Christian life, right? And uh, the thing is that when we have a solid grounding in identity, it is going to impact our intimacy with the Lord. And right? we're going to look at that a little later. But what do we do with the things that we have learned, the truth that we have learned? Okay, just going to read a few uh, scriptures here. Titus 3 and verse 8 says, This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. 
Okay, so he starts by saying, I want you to affirm these things, I want you to affirm constantly. So what are these things? In the verses before that, he talks about how we've been washed by the blood of Jesus, and it is not our own efforts, but it's purely by his grace, and how we've been saved. And, and, and he goes on to say, I want you to affirm this constantly. To affirm means to state something emphatically, state something publicly. And he says constantly, over and over again, affirm that in your lives. So if we've heard that, uh, the, 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 the message and, the, and we receive the revelation that we are new creations, uh, we've been encouraged now to, to affirm this. So you get up in the morning, you don't feel like a new creation. You're feeling all worn out and you're feeling all withered and uh, there's no freshness. That's the moment when we affirm that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, right? So Philemon verse 6, this is what he says and this is what is written for us, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. Amazing. The sharing of your faith, the communication of your faith, the transmission of your faith, may it become effective, or in other words, operative and powerful and uh, effectual. How? It says, by acknowledging every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, what has happened to you? What are those good things? Acknowledge it. Acknowledge meaning recognize it. Okay, this is what scripture says. And this is what it is. And accept it. So receive it. Accept it and say, okay, this is who I am. This is what I have been made. And this is what Christ has made me to be because of his sacrifice on the cross. So we affirm things over and over. We affirm constantly. We acknowledge every good thing in Christ Jesus, that we have in Christ Jesus. And um, well, first, well, first Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 says this, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, uh, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is the truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. The word of God, which effectively works in you who believe. So we've heard this truth about what has happened to us, that we have become new in Christ. Some things have changed in us. Our, our identity has changed. The old things have taken away and all things have become new. So what do I do that with that? I believe that. Okay. Um, I believe that. I receive that and I believe that and say, you know, this is God's word. And, and this is God speaking to me. And these are truths that have been quickened by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that. So what happens when we believe? The, the truth of God's word works effectively. The truth of God's word works effectively. It begins to operate. I begin to um, uh, experience the power of truth, and I, I, and I begin, to, begin to experience the transformative power of the truth of God's word. So all this is good. So just want to encourage us this morning that whatever we have heard is foundational, it's critical, and this is what we need to do, or what we have heard. Maybe some of us have to go back and look at all that, and, uh, and just want to encourage you, you know, you can, you can get a, just a, a quick summary of it in the church app. You know, we have the 
key points uh, uh, summary, and you can you can just do a quick summary and uh, uh, and get that get the truth of what was shared in those sermons, and and you can you know you can uh, very quickly uh, do that. And and but the th important thing is to believe and see the word of God being operative in our lives. Okay, so we're going to look at three things. You know, three. Uh, main points, if you want to call it that. So the first one is this. Our identity in Christ and our intimacy with Christ are interconnected. Right? It's, it's connected, which means that our identity in Christ impacts our intimacy with Him. Okay, so if I have, a, if I recognize and if I affirm who I am in Christ or what I have become in Christ. And it, it's going to change my walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. It's going to change my walk with the Lord, my relationship with the Lord. And we can experience it you know, today, right where you are, even as you're listening to God's word. If you're going to affirm and say, this is who I am. I am a child of God. I am born again by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God dwells in me. Some very basic things. Right? If we affirm and recognize our identity, who we have become in Christ, we must begin to do that. We must begin to do that uh, constantly, consistently. It will change our walk with the Lord. So what are some misconceptions that we might have? You know, um, let's, let's talk about uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of them. Uh, first thing could be, you know, a misconception or a, a wrong idea that God is distant and so far away. God does not love me nor care about me. Okay, could have a wrong idea. God is so distant. You know, you're a believer, but because of what has happened around, maybe there was rejection by a family member, by a loved one, or maybe there was a tough time, like, uh, a loss of job or some change in career and, and something. And we come to that conclusion, that very moment saying, God does not love me. Oh, he does not care about me. I'm going through this. He does not love me. He does not care about me. Right? Well, the truth is this. The truth is, yes, we were distant once without Christ. We were distant. But now... In Christ, we have been brought near and God is close to us. Now, don't forget that as a believer, the Holy Spirit indwells us. You know, he's doing an inside job of us. He knows us inside out. He indwells us. He's close to us. He is close to us. Now, Ephesians 2 and verse 13 has this to say, But now in Christ... You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who are far off have been brought near, how? By the blood of Christ. So in Christ, we've been brought near. So you and I are spiritually one. We are one spirit with the Lord because of what he did for us. And we have been brought near. So don't go, go by the emotions. Don't be swayed by the emotions. Stay grounded in the truth. And when we do that, when you do that, you know, there's so much that we can grow immediately. They can mature immediately. 
1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17 says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So that's how close he is to us and that's how close we are to him. But we might say, you know, I don't feel anything emotionally. That's fine, right? So we, when we believe the truth of God's word, then the power of God's word begins to work effectively in us who believe. Okay. Look at this picture of closeness that the Lord Jesus presented to his disciples and, and to us, I'm sure, today, you know, this is what it is, the picture of closeness that he has with us. The Lord Jesus says, John 15 and verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Verse nine, as the father loved me, I also have loved you, abide in my love. So the Lord is saying, you know, this is how, this is the picture of intimacy and closeness. And he's giving us this picture so that we will take this and make it part of our identity. He's saying, I am the vine and you are the branches and you are connected to the vine. And what, which means that what flows in the vine flows into the branches and which causes the branch to bear fruit. And the Lord says in verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide or stay in my love. Don't be a branch that wanders away from the vine, but be a branch that stays connected so that you can be fruitful. But look at this. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. So the father uh, loved the son so much with agape and the same kind of love. He says, as the father loved, so I also I loved you. Let's look at another misconception. Another misconception is this, that God is a holy God and I'm not. So I cannot come near him. He is inaccessible and unapproachable. He is Totally inaccessible. He's a holy God. He dwells in unapproachable light. So I can't go near him. I can only watch from a distance. You know, that's a common thing. He's a holy God. And I'm not. Well, the truth is, yes, he is holy. The Lord says, be holy for I am holy. That's, That's part of who he is. The truth is, yes, he is described as one who dwells in unapproachable light. And yes, we cannot draw, draw close to him in our own righteousness. So what did he do? Like we learned, he clothed us with his own righteousness. You know, none of us by the things that we do or by performing or uh, by, by memorizing 150 verses or 150 chapters, we cannot draw near to him. But he has clothed us with his righteousness and this is how he sees us. He sees us as people who are justified, meaning acquitted of all charges, acquitted of all blame. 
He sees us as ones who have been made righteous, having the right standing with him, made right with God. He sees us as the righteousness of God in Christ because of the shed blood of Christ. This is amazing truth. This is how he sees us. Now, we, many times we don't see ourselves that way. We don't see ourselves that way because this truth is not ingrained in us. You know, this seed of God's word is, has not been, you know, it's not been nurtured, it's not been watered, and it's not thrived and uh, thriving in us as an edifice, right? But here, this is what we see, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So when he looks at us, he looks at us through the blood of Jesus. He looks at us through the blood covering. He looks at us through the great sacrifice that was made on the cross. And he looks at us as those who have been acquitted of all charges. Right? So we can go boldly to his presence. When we are invited to worship, we can go boldly to his presence. Um, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. It, it, we don't have to crawl and make our way there. We don't have to, uh, you know, go with a lot of inhibition and apprehension, but we can go boldly. If you have allowed, uh, invited the Lord as a savior, and if you have allowed the, the Lord to just wash you with his precious blood, cleanse you, um, cleanse, you know, you can come boldly says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to find in time, to find, to help in time of need, right? Let us come boldly. Now, this is for you and this is for me. Ephesians 2 and verse 18 says, for through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So what does that mean? That means that he is not inaccessible, but he has actually made himself accessible. He is not unapproachable, but he has made himself approachable. Like sometimes we meet with, maybe, you know, you have people in your lives who are unapproachable, right? Sometimes, you know, in very traditional homes, sometimes um, the way to the father is through the mother, right? So whatever you want to ask something, you have something, tell, you know, you, it goes through the mother because the father is like that totalitarian authoritative figure and you can't get through. Well, God is not like that. God is not like that. He is holy, but he has made a way for us to come. He's accessible 24-7, 365 days of the year. Praise God. Then we might have a question, you know, but what about my present sin? Oh, yes, this happened when I was born again. But don't you know that today, this morning, I had this thought, or this, uh, yesterday, I did this. What about my present sin or recent act of sin? 1 John 1 and verse 9 says, If you confess your sin, if, you, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's who God is. Um, the, the verse that we read just now, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace. So which means that, yes, I have messed up, but I can go to God now. Not to continue in it, not to go back, 
not to live in that cycle of sin and defeat and failure, but to go to him and receive the mercy and receive the grace. Because if I confess, if we confess us, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Okay, so get right with God and let our present standing of righteousness with God, let it empower us to continue to live right before him. The second thing that we, uh, uh, the first thing that we saw that was that our uh, identity in Christ impacts our intimacy with Christ. The second thing is when we forget who we are in Christ or willfully disregard who we have become in Christ, we make ourselves vulnerable, vulnerable for temptation, vulnerable to the draw or the pull of the flesh to commit sin. Then we forget. Or when we willfully disregard this, uh, when, we willfully, when we willfully disregard or we forget that we are new creations. Right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. When I forget this, I, be, I, I behave and make choices like an old creation. Even though I'm a new creation, even though I'm born again, I go back and make those choices. Why? Because I've forgotten. I've been just seduced by the spirit of the world. I've been just swayed by these things. And I find myself doing it. Why? Because I've forgotten. Or I willfully, intentionally disregard this truth and walk into temptation and walk into uh, satisfying the desires of the flesh. The second thing is, you know, the fact that we are righteousness of God in Christ. Just like we saw now, when we forget this truth, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. So why should we dabble with sin? Why should we make those choices? We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Ephesians 2 and verse 5, verses 5 to 6, even when we were dead in trespasses, uh, when, we were made in, when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, when I forget this truth, this amazing truth that I've been born again, that I've been raised, I've been made alive with Christ, I'm seated together with him in the heavenly places. When I forget that, I open the door for all kinds of temptation. Now, this, is a, this is a verse, this is a truth that gives us significance. So I try to do things and I become very insecure when I disregard this truth. Also, the fact that we are no longer slaves of sin. Romans 6, 6 and verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now, this is what he did in Christ. Our old man was crucified with him. That old sin nature was crucified and it was done away with. This was like a generator generating sin and committing. So we would commit acts of sin and we would just go with the flow. And this is what he did in Christ. He, he destroyed it. The body of sin was done away with. Why? That we should no longer be slaves of sin. I remember having a conversation with a, a few years back with a, uh, with a friend and uh, like he was really addicted to alcohol and he was finding it very difficult. And I was just asking him, you know, can you imagine for one day that you can be free of alcohol, right? free of drinking? Can you just imagine in your mind? Because he would start the day and go through the day drinking and end the day drinking and 
So, so you know, you're not doing, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking you to stop, but can you imagine? And guess what he said? He said, no, I can't. His will was so broken um, and uh, so much of damage, you know, to the thoughts, to the, and the will to say no, everything was just completely destroyed. So he said, I, I can't even imagine. Here, scripture says that the body of sin was done away with. The old man was crucified. This thing that was constantly generating sin, it was destroyed. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Look at verse 18, same chapter. It says, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Hey, this is Bible. This is scripture. And this is what Bible is declaring this is who you are. This is who I am. Right? That you became slaves of not sin, but righteousness. Look at Romans 6 and verse 14. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now, these are in Christ statements, and these are statements of new identity that we have, things that that have happened to us, uh, things that we have become because of uh, us being connected, us being in Christ. So uh, the thing is, for us to receive it, um, when, we, when we do the opposite of that, when we don't receive it, when we forget this, um, these things, these pillars of truth, and when we willfully disregard it, and that's when we... When we, we get into all kinds of things that is not designed by God. And sometimes, you know, we walk in it and then we complain and we say, God, why? Why am I doing it? But actually, when you look back, we have forgotten who we are, what we have become. And uh, thirdly, just wanted to uh, uh, you know, say that sin offers counterfeit identity and counterfeit intimacy. Sin offers counterfeit identity and counterfeit intimacy. So uh, what is it? So uh, if I forget, if I uh, disregard these truths, then uh, I open my life up for making some bad choices. I open my life up for making some, uh, uh, some sinful decisions, maybe, and maybe get into a lifestyle of sin. And sin offers this counterfeit identity. Um, so what does it mean? It means that my significance and security and self-worth will start to form or be established based on certain other things and not on what I have become in Christ. Right? So let's say things like, you know, maybe uh, material possessions, uh, maybe a bank balance and how much things I possess and where I live and so on. So these begin to give the believer, significance and self-worth and, uh, and security. Right? So which means that every time bank balance goes down, then the sense of insecurity goes up. Every time uh, my material possessions, there's some change in that, negative change, and then uh, there's no significance. The sense of significance you know, goes down. It could be even accomplishments like education or awards or accolades and achievements. If you base it on that, 
if our significance and self-worth um, and security, it's a counterfeit identity, right? If, if it is based on, let's say, accomplishments or even family backgrounds uh, or pull connections with famous people, politicians, celebrities, if our significance is based on that, when that changes, then our life completely comes to a standstill. Even work, you know, if our significance, you know, work is God-given, right? Ministry, work, God has given it to us. But he doesn't want that to become the base of our identity or the foundation of our identity. Our identity is who we are to him and who he has made us to be. <clears throat> that is really the foundation. Because if work changes or if, let's say, you retire tomorrow, right, or Maybe you need to take a back step and, um, and, and things are winding down and maybe you are, you know, you, 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 know, you just you, you need to retire probably. And, and then what happens to your significance, your self-worth? Right? That should never change because if it is founded in Christ, it will never change. Uh, or maybe it could even be uh, social media views and likes and uh, it could be outward appearance, special ab abilities. It could be, you know, e even in, um, in ministry, it could be the size of the ministry, the number of churches that are there, etc. So these are counterfeit identity. If we base it on this, these things for um, significance, security, and self-worth, we are standing on very, very shaky ground indeed. Right? These are very, very short-lived. And it could go up and go come down and uh, our life will go up and come down. Our emotions go up and come down. And we are not able to live that overcoming life. Christ has bought for us. And he's giving it to us as an inheritance. Um, so sin offers counterfeit identity. It also offers counterfeit intimacy. So I forget this. I, and I, and I, when, I, when I get into some kind of things and... It offers a sense of intimacy that is a counterfeit. That's not the real thing. It could be an unhealthy emotional attachment or an emotional affair. You're saying, just convincing yourself that hey, it's, it's nothing physical. Uh, it's, just, uh, you know, it's just a chat. It's just that I'm just pouring out my emotion. It's just a good friend. And, uh, and all the while you know that it's not your spouse and and you're just pouring out, and there's an unhealthy emotional attachment or even a full-blown emotional affair. You're saying things, you're doing things, um, sharing things, right? Or it could be adultery, uh, um, you know, an affair or a physical relationship outside of marriage. Adultery, it's a counterfeit intimacy which destroys our soul. It actually, it's an act of war against ourselves, it destroys our soul, our mind, our thinking, our imagination. Everything is destroyed. Or it could be pornography or a living relationship. Right? Now, these are counterfeit intimacy. And God never designed it for us. So we see that uh, sin offers these choices of counterfeit identity, counterfeit intimacy, and we will do well to steer clear of that and base our identity in Christ. So um, today, as we close, 
just want us to think about this, all that we have heard, all that we have learned all these weeks, and, um, and put it into practice, really apply it and say, you know, this is who I am. Now, I'm going to affirm this constantly and daily. I'm going to meditate on this. And I'm going to acknowledge every good thing that is in me in Christ. And I'm going to believe what God says about me so that, you know, when I believe, I know that the word of God will work effectively in me. And I'll experience the transformative power of God's word, which is powerful, alive, and, and living. Amen. We're going to spend some time in worship and uh, as the worship team leads us. And um, uh, truly, we are really surrounded by him, surrounded by God. Maybe you're in a bad place today, but we are surrounded. You are surrounded by his grace. You are surrounded by songs of, songs of redemption and messages of redemption. And it's to draw you back, draw you back to that place, draw us back to that place of significance that Christ has for us. So let's spend some time in worship and then we'll come back. There's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies, and it's your body and your blood you shed for me and this is how I fight my battles there's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies and it's your body and your blood you shed for me this is how I fight my battle And I believe you've overcome And I will lift my song of praise what you've done And this is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles And this is how I fight my And your mercy follows me So my weapon I praise and thanksgiving And this is how I fight my battle
am who I am because the I am tells me who I am I will not doubt I will not be afraid it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you yeah it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you Jesus yes it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. Yes, Lord, truly we are surrounded by you. Surrounded by your grace. Surrounded by ministering angels, Lord. And you're the one who saves us to the uttermost. And today, God, we, we pray. We come to you and we pray and we ask, oh God, let there be restoration. Let there be restoration, Lord. I just pray and, uh, and if, if there's anyone here and... Uh, and you're saying, you know, I, I have not taken this, I'm not anchored in this truth. You know, my emotions are up and down. It's like my life is like a roller coaster ride. I go up and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm up one day spiritually, I'm down the next day and it's like that, you know. Um, the answer is this, that we, we get anchored to this truth and let this truth be part of our lives. Right, so, so let's pray and let's ask the Holy Spirit to minister. Let's ask Him to, to show to us, to give us a list, quicken to our spirit, all, those, all these wonderful truths. So go, you go ahead and you pray and say, Lord, I'm coming back to you and I'm asking you to show me these things once again, Lord, and, and, uh, and show me and uh, quicken these words to me so that I can, I can lay hold of it 
and make it part of my life. Just go ahead and can pray. Father, we, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this amazing truth, God. We thank you for what you've done for us, God. And we could have not asked for more, Lord. Lord, you came down and you died for us on the cross. You restored our position, oh God. We were broken people, oh God, but you restored us. You redeemed us, God. And today we want to give you thanks, Lord. And I just pray today, God, that to each of us, Father God, that the good things that we have in Christ, Lord, I pray that you will make it real to us, that you will just highlight it to us by the power of your Spirit and that we will lay hold of it, Lord. And as uh, as exhorted in Hebrews, that, that we will lay hold of it, that we will give the earnest heed to those things that we have heard, that we may not drift away from it. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us today and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so glad that we could uh, we could worship together, we could listen to God's word together. And, um, you know, if you have a testimony to share, you can uh, email us at testimony at apcwo.org or you can just put it in the chat. And thank you so much. We will meet again next Sunday. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.